and welcome to the Plant Industry News Podcast hosted by Brooke Miller with the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services Division of Plant Industry. As a regulatory branch of the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, the Division of Plant Industry works to detect, intercept, and control plant and honeybee pests that threaten Florida's native and commercially grown plants and agricultural resources. Thanks for joining us. everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Plant Industry News. Today, we are continuing our conversation of pests in Florida. If you're a previous listener, we thank you for your patience and are so glad you're here. To our new listeners, we welcome you and hope you learned so much from our guests and topics. Today, we will be speaking with Sidonia Steininger, who is another biological scientist at DPI. Our topic today is on an invasive plant called the Brazilian pepper tree. Welcome, Sidonia. What is your name and what do you do? Right. So my name is Sidonia Steininger, and I am a biological scientist. I work on biological control of Brazilian pepper tree. And for our listeners who are new, could you explain what Brazilian pepper tree is? Sure. So Brazilian pepper tree is one of Florida's worst invasive species. At last accounting, it was it covers more than 700,000 acres in the state of Florida. So it's really widely spread. And that estimate was from the 1990s. So we haven't had a more updated survey of the infestation in the state. It's a really noxious invasive weed. Um, it was introduced as an ornamental because it has these beautiful bright red berries that it puts on in the winter time. So when other things stop producing color, it puts on all these showy bright red berries. Um, but it is in the family Anacardiaceae. So it is related to things like poison ivy and poison oak and poison sumac. So it is a skin contact irritant for some people. Um, but more importantly, it crowds out native plants. So it invades native areas. It starts in disturbed habitats, so along roadsides or construction sites, things like that. And then it will move into and invade uh, native places and outcompete the native plants. The um, American robins and other birds love the fruits, and so they feed on them and spread the seeds all over the place. So it's all <laughs> over the state. If you've driven down the turnpike, you've definitely seen Brazilian pepper. Um, it's all over. How long has it been established in Florida? So it was uh, brought in in the 1800s. So I believe 1865 is the first uh, documented um, incidence of it being moved here, but it could have been introduced as early as 1845, I want to say. So it's been here for quite a while. What makes them so hard to get rid of? They're really resilient. So this plant is fire tolerant, shade tolerant, salt tolerant, flood tolerant, and drought tolerant. It is just <laughs> all the tolerant. Um, it is a pretty large shrub or a small tree. And so they get really uh, deep and expansive root systems that um, the plants can pop back up from the roots on what are called suckers. And so even when um, people go in to eradicate the plants and they cut them down and then apply an herbicide, the plants pop right back up from suckers. And so even people who are trying really, really hard to eradicate them from their own properties on a small scale have a very hard time getting rid of the plants because you cut them down, you herbicide them, and they just pop right back up. Oh, it's like a hydra. You cut off the one head and <laughs> five more pop up. How did these plants pose a threat to Florida's natural habitat? 
So they outcompete native species. So they will crowd out other plants. They also have, we believe that they're allelopathic, which means that they can uh, poison neighboring plants. Um, so they're a threat in the sense that they take over other habitats. And because they're saltwater tolerant and flood tolerant, they do invade mangrove habitats, which of course are sensitive and difficult to get into to control because you can't apply herbicides indiscriminately in those habitats. So they're really hard to get rid of and especially mangrove forests and other near aquatic habitats. Are they harmful to people as well? Yes, they are for some people who are sensitive because they're related to um, like I said, poison ivy, they're in that same plant family. Um, some people do get a rash, a skin contact rash, even from contact with the volatiles. So I've had homeowners call me in distress because their neighbors have the plants and it's causing them respiratory or even skin contact irritation without any contact because the volatiles off of the leaves and especially the flowers seem to bother some people. So they are um, irritating to some who have sensitivity. How big can they become? Up uh, to 40 feet. So they're quite a tall plant and maybe even taller. But yes, they're, they're a big plant. So would eradication be a priority or even a possibility at this point? That's a great question. So biological control is one of the tools that we bring out of the toolbox when eradication seems unlikely in the near future. So we would love to eradicate the plant, but because it's so well established, eradication is really unlikely at this stage. And so we bring biocontrol into the picture to try to introduce a natural enemy so that we can slow down the growth of the plant, reduce their fecundity or their reproductive rate. And so there are fewer individuals, smaller individuals, and that way our other efforts as part of an integrated pest management or an IPM program can catch up and help us to get towards eradication, although it may never be eradicated, right? That is the case for some invasive species in the state. They're here, they've got a really strong foothold. And what we really hope to do with our efforts is to slow down the plants, slow their spread, limit their impact on native plant communities and allow other plants to reestablish in places where they've gotten a foothold um, and give them a fighting chance to, you know, cohabitate. So I know you brought up biological control what kind of biological control are you using for these plants? So we have one species right now that we are mass rearing here at the Division of Plant Industry. It's Pseudophilothrips achini, or easier to say, the Brazilian pepper tree thrips. Uh, so a thrips is a very small insect. A lot of people have, if they've heard of a thrips, it's in the context of uh, pests in their gardens or um, on flowers. Flower thrips are something that some people are familiar with. Our species feeds only on Brazilian pepper, so it's very very extensive host range testing has been done to make sure that they only feed and reproduce successfully on Brazilian pepper. Um, and so we grow those up in mass um, here in our rearing facility, and then we release them on plants out in the ecosystem on Brazilian pepper tree. And how could a homeowner go about getting those for their plants? That's a great question. So we aren't yet at the stage where we are shipping out insects to homeowners. We're still doing... Uh, research-related releases, and we are doing some releases on public lands. There are some releases. I, I collaborate with the University of Florida and with the um, USDA, Invasive Plant Research Lab, and so we are all doing releases on public lands, and some of my colleagues are releasing um, down in South Florida in the Everglades on SERP properties, um, 
and there's some Air Force Base uh, releases, I think maybe even some releases on Disney properties and um, also some, I'm doing some state park releases and then cattle ranches as well. And then some like county parks and water treatment plants and places where we're able to go back in and monitor and see how they're doing, how they're establishing and that kind of thing. So we're not quite to the stage of doling them out to homeowners or handing them out on request, but that is the next stage. So that's around the corner. Stay tuned. When did you start the thrips program? We got our first batch of thrips in October of 2019. What other methods can or are being used for control of the trees? So other things that people do include cut stump treatments where the plants are cut down and then herbicide is applied directly to the cut stump. That's done especially near aquatic habitats where you can't do a broadcast spray. There are also um, foliar sprays that people can do, so herbicidal treatments or basil bark sprays. Um, And then I... I do believe that on some properties where they have to do widespread control that they burn the plants, but I do strongly recommend against burning these plants for any homeowners or landowners, um, land managers, because the the burning of the plant has been described to me as mace-like. The smoke is very potent. <laughs> so I don't recommend burning them, but it is used as a strategy for you know, when people are trying to control acres and acres of land. When you travel by land, sea, or air, ask, can I bring it? And declare agricultural items. With your help, we could safeguard natural resources and protect the food supply from invasive pests and disease. Whatever your destination, enjoy the journey. And remember, don't pack a pest. I know you came on and discussed the Brazilian pepper tree in 2019. What, if anything, has changed since then? So in 2019, that was the very beginning of the project. We've just gotten approval for release of the insects that summer. And we got our first adults in October. And we started with 40 individual adult thrips. And in that time, we've produced hundreds of thousands. So I brought a little piece of paper here with me so that I can tell you exact numbers. We've made, we've produced at least uh, 630,000 adults in that time. We've established a standard operating procedure um, that we're working on publishing now internally. And so we've done a lot of work to figure out how to produce lots and lots and lots of thrips so that we can put them out on the plants. And so what's changed in the time since the last interview is that a lot of effort and time has gone into creating, developing, optimizing a rearing program. We are still tinkering and playing and trying to make it better and better, which we will continue to do. Um, We've released more than 100,000 thrips um, on a couple of state parks, a wildlife refuge, a water treatment plant. And then we've shipped, uh, let's see, more than 300,000 thrips to um, colleagues. uh, Not very many to the University of Florida, but a bunch to the USDA Invasive Plant Research Lab in Fort Lauderdale. So what we've been doing, we've been very busy producing lots of thrips and then releasing them and shipping them to colleagues for release. Was there anything else you wanted to share about Brazilian pepper tree or thrips? I would just emphasize uh, that 
biological control does take a long time. So I, there are um, expectations, I think, that we need to make sure that we keep in check because when we get to the stage of biological control, it's what's kind of our last tool that we're breaking out of the toolbox, right? It's not, it's not the first thing that we jump to. And so it takes a long time to do the testing to make sure that they're safe to release. And then it takes a long time for insects to establish and spread and, and impact plants. We have another biological control agent that was approved for release, but the colony collapsed in South Florida in, in the middle of the pandemic. So, And they were sourced from Brazil. So travel, of course, is really challenging. There are plans to uh, I have UF colleagues who are planning to go back to Brazil to collect more insects. And so what we hope is to bring in another insect on the Brazilian pepper. So we have two modes of action that are affecting the plants. And that way we compound our impact on the plant, ideally. But it does, it takes time and it's it's painful. I have people contact me and they're very eager to get the bugs and they wanna see the impact on the plants right away. And it's, you know, it's not exciting that it takes a long time, but it does. So I just urge patience for those who are anxiously awaiting to be able to receive the bugs. We'll get to that stage, but we're not quite there yet. And it seems like it's been a really long time, but that is the way of biocontrol. It, and it depends very much on the insects too, or the particular agents, the biocontrol agents, uh, the timing. So I just urge patience and we'll hopefully have another agent soon. Well, by soon, I mean months from now. <laughs> But within, within years, this is how biocontrol works. It's a years long time frame. And then it can take a long time. The plant's been here for a very long time. It's probably not going anywhere unless some adventitious uh, disease breaks out on the plants. That happens sometimes. You get crashes of invasive populations because something catches on that's already you know endemic to our environment. But it's unlikely um, at this rate. So it will take time for us to bring those populations down and to kind of level the playing field for native species as much as we're able. Um, but we are working with natural systems that are unpredictable. And um, so just, I urge patience. Those different thrips or even just species, yeah. what what would be the difference in what they target on the on the trees? Oh, that's a great question. So what we have right now is a thrips. The other agent is called the uh, Bra the yellow Brazilian pepper leaf galler. And so that species is Califia latiforceps. There are actually three species that are under consideration. Only one has thus far been approved for release. So it's completed all of the host range testing. And that the thrips feed on the apical meristem. So they feed on the growing tips of the plant, the new flush. So especially in the spring, um, the thrips are very happy. There's lots of new flush. And then in the win fall and winter, they're fle feeding on the, uh, the flowers and the fruits, um, or so we, we're pretty sure. And so they impact new growth, and then they're directly impacting the, the reproductive structure, so the flowers and the fruits. The um, galling insect that we hope to come have in the next few months 
um, that are going to be collected again in Brazil, that Califiolata forceps, those insects cause galling of the leaves. So the nymphs, uh, which are the immature stage, settle on the leaves and they cause the, the leaves to gall up or expand and concentrate nutrients where the insects are feeding. And so they pull nutrients away from the plants and um, they can cause leaf drop and yellowing of the leaves, but mostly they act as a nutrient sink. So they steal the nutrients from the plants. So the thrips cause tip dieback and damage to reproductive structures. And then this, the um, leaf gallers will act as a nutrient sink and, and suck the nutrients from the plants. And so they have different modes of action. Ideally, in a bio, any biological control program, you have more than one mode of action that's affecting the plant. So you want to be attacking at different parts of the plant and through different means. And that way you kind of get a compounding effect that will, at least in theory, cause the plants stress and make them less, um, less successful. Where can our listeners go to learn more about Brazilian pepper tree? So we do have a website, um, which I will leave it up to you to give. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we can link it in the Yeah, so we do have a website now, which is great. Um, there's a lot of great information out there. Um, I, Yeah, I would have to... Um, I'd have to say go to our website because we have some links and useful information on the website. Thank you so much for coming in today. For sure. Thanks for having me. This is fun. For more information on the Brazilian pepper tree or other invasive pests in Florida, please visit fdax.gov for more information. Thanks for tuning in to Plant Industry News. We are so appreciative of our listeners, hosts, and those involved in the production of this podcast to keep it on the air. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a rating and review, as well as share with friends and colleagues. To learn more, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at at FDAXDPI, FDACSDPI. See you next episode.